You are listening to the Theosophia Podcast, a platform for women's voices and theology, curated by Sarah Elizabeth Smith and Kelsey Davis. Be sure to check out our Patreon page at patreon.com theosophia and consider supporting this labor of love project for women's empowerment. We are going to keep on celebrating Pride, y'all, even though we just rolled into July with this feature episode on a queer woman in theology. This next incredible woman I met while collaborating on Oklahoma City's first ecumenical Pride worship service a couple weeks ago, which was awesome, by the way, and now I'm really proud to call her friend. The Reverend Kayla Bonniewell was born in Oklahoma City. She earned a BA in religion from Oklahoma City University, a Master's of Liberal Arts from Naropa University, and a Master's of Divinity from the Pacific School of Religion in Berkeley, California. Ordained the United Church of Christ, Kayla has ministry experience as a hospital chaplain, campus minister, social justice activist, youth minister, associate pastor, and a solo pastor. Her personal mission statement is to empower community through experiences of the divine to lead lives of deep meaning while cultivating health, peace, and beauty in our world. She's passionate about relevant worship, spiritual growth, and community engagement. She is currently the pastor in charge at two UCC churches in Oklahoma City, the Cathedral of Hope and the Church of Open Arms. Kayla and I have a candid conversation about the intersections of her faith, doubt, and sexuality. She shares her story of growing up with a passion for all things God and church, but finding no refuge in her home tradition of the United Methodist Church, and her journey to finding a home in the UCC tradition. We also chat about how the social landscape of Oklahoma has changed since we both grew up here, and what gives her hope. I'm delighted and honored to share with you this lovely conversation with Pastor Kayla. Here we go. Kayla, thanks so much for being here with me today. I feel so excited. And so pumped up because when I moved to Oklahoma, I didn't know what I was walking back into. And you're from Oklahoma just like me, born and raised here. But I just, I wasn't sure how the Christian community was going to be towards LGBT people. And once I got to know everyone and getting to, you know, mingle and meet pastors in different churches in the area, I was really just so encouraged and heartened to meet you especially because and we'll get into this more later but you are probably the only openly gay pastor in Oklahoma City female so anyways I'm so glad to meet you and to know you and to get to share your story a little bit on the pod so let's start with where you're from and I already said that you're from Oklahoma but say a little bit more about maybe your family and your spiritual and religious background and where you went to school sure uh, born and raised here in Oklahoma City. My parents, um, I'm pretty sure, yes, I was baptized in the United Methodist Church, Mayfair Heights. Um, but my mom grew up Baptist and my dad grew up Nazarene. And so I went to a Nazarene, like, daycare when I was little. Um, 
but my parents stopped going to church when I was in elementary school. And my best friend from across the street invited me to vacation Bible school at her church in the second grade. Uh, so I went, and it just so happened to be the same church that I was baptized in, so uh, United Methodist. So I started going um, from second grade on. I just had my mom drop me off, a little second grader, walking in by myself, went to Sunday school, brought the leaflet home. I played like the pastor when I got home, and I taught my mom Sunday school, um, so I loved it. And then I got old enough to go to youth group and church camps and leadership camps. And I was like the church nerd girl. And I was on all the councils of the church, like the youth representative. And um, went to every single thing that was available church-wise. And church was really the place where I felt most at home and could be myself and was silly and people liked my personality and um, just felt free and open and at home. And so I stayed. I mean, kind of grew myself up in the United Methodist Church. Um, And so I had no other plans um, besides going to a United Methodist college. Um, I already knew about OCU, Oklahoma City University, Um, which is a private United Methodist school here because I'd gone there for church events since middle school. And um, so I plot, that's the only place I applied and I got in. I was going to be a religion major. I was going to be a pastor um, because of all my experience in the church. And, you know, I was like part of prayer groups um, before class at, in public schools. So I went to Hefner Middle School. It was junior high, and then it changed into middle school, Putman City North. And um, there were Christian prayer groups before school, and I went to them and played the guitar at them. And um, I was just like known as the Christian girl, had the WWJD rainbow bracelet, and uh, there was no other idea or option about what was going to happen in my life. And um, so I went to OCU, majored in religion, and then there was some lesbians there. (laughs) And they went to the campus ministry, and I thought that was real weird because I thought they were going to go to hell, and I didn't understand why the campus minister loved them and welcomed them and thought that they were cool because that just did not compute. And so I had a major breakdown moment of my belief system and um, religious understanding. And then all of a sudden I had a crush on one of them and that didn't make any sense to me. And, and so that was my unraveling and the beginning of my own discovery into myself. So we have such a similar type of story. Perhaps I uh, experimented in my sexuality a little sooner, but I also went to Hefner Middle School, and I I didn't go to Peace North, but my brothers did. Um, I went to some bougie private school in the city, which was great. But, um, and I was the same thing. Like I was in charge of FCA at, at my high school, and I played guitar and sang and did worship before school started and had prayer groups and Bible study groups at lunch and 
um, was certainly seen as a, a, a Christian leader at my school, wherever I was, and was like the Christian girl and would get on to my friends for like looking at porn or, you know, just whatever it was. Um, yeah. And certainly um, being gay wasn't even a consideration. Even when I was like kissing girls secretly in the back of my car, I didn't really understand what I was doing. I didn't even know how to call it that. There was no language mm-hmm. in our culture during that time, kind of the late 90s, early 2000s. Um, So say more about your coming out story, perhaps, and how that kind of clashed with your faith. What was that like for you? I, um, I think what I did first is I, I didn't struggle for too long. Um, Instead, I just became atheist because that was a little bit, I mean, that was happening anyway because I was taking religion classes and I was learning about how the Bible was put together and it didn't just fall out of the sky. And I was meeting people that I had been taught that God did not love or like. And so I decided that I did not want to have anything to do with that God. And so I just... But I was the kind of atheist where I'd be like, I don't believe in you, God. So I'd be talking to God, saying, I don't believe in you. Um, and I remember, I mean, I, I still had leadership positions. I was part of a Christian women's service sorority um, in college. I was the chaplain. And I'd be up there playing my guitar and singing these um, Jesus songs and just like, feeling so hypocritical because I didn't believe the words and um, I remember I didn't really wear lipstick but I had a lipstick and I just like scrawled on my dorm room mirror fuck this and I was so angry Um, so really I walked away from God first and then I went to the coffee shops and got phone numbers from girls and went to the scene here on 39th street at the rec room and, um, started a new life that was exciting and fun. And what was so amazing, um, I knew my parents would not be accepting, so I didn't, um, tell them, but I didn't know what the religion department at my school would be like. And what was so amazing is that the dean and my professors all heard what was going on in my life and one by one pulled me aside the holidays were coming up and said Kayla I don't know what's going on with your family but if you don't have a place for the holidays you can come to our house you can be with us for Christmas for Thanksgiving for whatever you need to be and they were loving and accepting and that was just incredible because even though the wider church was not, my bubble was. Um, I wrote a letter. I had two. I had t- co-pastors of my United Methodist Church, uh, where my membership was. I was a sophomore in college. I wrote a letter to the pastors, telling them um, who I was, and um, said I wanted to talk about that with them. And radio silence. I never heard back. So I left. Um, the United Methodist Church and I was in the honors program uh, of college and my 
you're assigned like a mentor who's a professor and my mentor just so happened to be um, UCC pastor Robin Myers, who is the senior pastor at Mayflower Congregational Church. So we were having our quarterly coffee check-in at the Red Cup coffee shop. And um, I told him what was going on. And he's like, oh, I have a church for you to check out. And I thought he would probably send me to his own church. Um, but he did not. He sent me to Church of the Open Arms. Um, we are we are recording this podcast right now. And it wasn't in this building yet. The church was newly formed. It was about three years old. It met in a storefront downtown before downtown was renovated. And I walked in, uh, brought a friend with me because I was skeptical of Christianity. And the pastor was preaching from the pulpit the things that I was learning in my religion classes. And I was like, hey, she's not trying to hide this information about how the Bible was put together from the congregation. And I had felt that my pastors had done that, that they had learned all these amazing things in seminary and felt that the church was not strong enough to handle the truth. And I felt that the truth was being preached there. And there was all types of people there, like really all types. And um, so I felt that I could be home there, whether or not at that moment I believed in God, because there were other people at the church that had all types of religious identities and they were all welcome and accepted and included in the community. And um, so I joined on Christmas Eve 2000. And uh, now what is it, like 19 years later? And I'm a pastor at Church of the Open Arms and at Cathedral of Hope, which is another UCC church um, that meets in the same building. And... I love looking out at my congregation and seeing all types of people, um, just like when I walked into a UCC church for the first time. Can you share a little more about your call to ordination, especially once you decided to quote-unquote leave God? Um, It seems to me, just hearing your story, that maybe God was, I mean, I would argue as a theologian and (laughs) as a hopeful minister one day that God was always in there working on you. It just looked different. And it was a different language than you grew up with, which feels when you're in that deconstructive process, it feels like God's not there. Because mm-hmm. I know I've, I've gone through that too. But I don't know. Let's, let's hear what you have to say about that. So um, I was still atheist. I was a sophomore. And I was really wanting to get away from Oklahoma City because um, I was dating and, you know, it's... I'm not out to my parents and I just want to go explore the world. And so I applied for, um, this, uh, semester long experience. It was called abroad, but it was in Chicago, which was abroad for Oklahoma city girl. And, um, what you did was you, uh, if you were accepted into the program, it was a brand new program. You would take, you would live on a seminary campus your junior year. Well, fall semester you'd take seminary graduate level courses and they would apply to your undergraduate degree and I got in um and I was so excited because I just wanted to go to Chicago and go to the gay bars 
That was my whole purpose of applying for the program. Um, and I felt a little bit guilty um, because I assumed that the leadership at the seminaries would be, you know, cis, heterosexual, white men, suits, you know, whatever. And that there would come, there would be uh, conservative Christianity um, within the seminary. I didn't know. And so I got in and um, I was working. I had I had lived a couple summers in Seattle and I had worked in, at Starbucks and um, there was a Starbucks in Chicago. I can't remember if Starbucks was here yet. I helped open the market here, but I was going to have a job. And so I was getting housing. I was going to have a job. Everything was going to be good. Um, but two weeks before I was supposed to go, um, my folks were kind of uh, wondering about my sexuality. And in an effort to try to, I guess, keep me here, um, they cut off the funding for that um, scholarly experience. So I called the professor in Chicago and I talked to him on the phone and I said, hey, I'm still interested in coming, but my um, financial situation has changed and can you put me in a room with as many people as possible and and I'm working on trying to make that money. And he said, let me call you back. And he called me back, I don't know, a day or two later. And he was like, all right, Kayla, I've got you free dorm and free room and board and all your books and everything's covered. So you just got to show up. And I was like, wow. And I felt awful because I knew that I was taking advantage of this program for personal selfish reasons just to get out of the situation I was in. And so uh, my friend helped drive me there and I pull into the parking lot where I'm supposed to meet this professor. And the only only other car in the parking lot has this uh, rainbow sticker on the bumper and out steps this professor who founded this program. And he is like a 35 year old black gay man. And he just hugged me and thought, I thought something was going on like that in your life. And so he made sure I was taken care of. And then I got to the seminary and everybody was queer. (laughs) I was like, what is going on in my life? Because I didn't believe in God, but all these queer people do. And they are still pursuing their calls and they feel called and they are being ordained. And um, they're wrestling with their faith questions. And it was like a wake-up call and I was like oh everything that I haven't experienced up until this point has not been invalidated is not thrown out the window this is still a possibility for me and um, I do still feel called and there's an avenue and a path to pursue that and so I came back from Chicago not so much an atheist what seminary was it Chicago Theological Seminary, but it was a consortium. And so we got to take classes at like a lot of them. Who was that professor? Horace Griffin. I was trying to think if I knew him. Because Vandy, there's like all the faculty are queer or people of color. And that too made me feel a hell of a lot better. I'm like, oh, the dean of our school is a black lesbian? 
huh, <laughs> I think I'm going to be okay. <laughs> right. Yes. Yes, I think I'm going to be okay. Shout out to Emily Towns. She's a badass. Um, so now you're back in Oklahoma City. Like I said earlier, you're the first, I don't know if you're the first, but you are the only openly queer woman I know that's a pastor in OKC. Um, and things have changed a lot in OKC in regards to acceptance of LGBT people. Um, what change have you seen and, and how's the experience been for you being yourself in this role in the city? So Church of the Open Arms was founded in 1997. Cathedral of Hope was founded in 2000. And in those times, like we went to the I mean, I didn't know Cathedral of Hope, but they were there. Like, I can look back on other experiences where I was at, and I was like, oh, these two churches were present. Um, Social justice events going on in Oklahoma City all the way back then, and Pride Parade. And so I went to Pride back in the day when I lived here before um, I left. Uh, But that's really all the religious life, church, Christianity that I saw. And coming back, I've been back for three years now, like last year or the year before, I don't even know, um, our churches were towards the front of the pride parade. And so after we went through the finish line or whatever you want to call it, I just stood back and I just like watched the whole parade and I took pictures of every church that went through and it was like in the teens, there was like, there's another church, there's another church, there's another church. And that was not... Um, like that whatsoever 20 years ago so that's huge um also there's pride flags in neighborhoods like my next door neighbor has one up and um some bar I mean like it used to be just the strip and just partners and um Levi's back in the day is what the other bar was called and there might be a pride flag there, but now it's like, okay, the plaza had a pride festival. And, um, we were talking about this earlier, Edmond and Tulsa and Woodward and, um, Enid and all these places. And so that has definitely changed. Also, um, it's not just Oklahoma city, but like the national global culture has totally changed. I mean, we have marriage equality, there's all these TV shows, there's all these celebrities, there's um, pride swag at Target, you know, there's just, the world is different, um, which I'm grateful for. I just picked up my first pride shirt. I don't know why I haven't had one until this point, but I got one that says Oki in cursive and the rainbow flag. So now I'm like, Oki queer. Religious. <laughs> I like it. Um, what is saving your life right now? 100% community. I am experiencing, um, I mean, like I've always valued community and seen that as what Jesus was fostering. Um, he'd pick up all these weirdos that uh, were cast out or marginalized and um, these women and these widows and these throwaway children and tax collectors and um, all these folks and he'd eat with them and uh, travel with them and talk with them and they'd form relationships and they would take care of each other and the rich women would help um, take care of the community and 
if people had money, that's the way that they could help. If other people could, um, I don't know, get a donkey or wash your feet or um, whatever way that you had to contribute, that was needed and valued. And right now, what's saving my life is what I have been experiencing as true Christian community um, and the manner and the way of Jesus. So, I mean, I don't even, I, I could give you a thousand examples. Like, um, people are bringing meals. People are going to visit people in the hospital. People are um, coming to fix things that are broken in the home. People are um, just giving time, talent, treasure um, to their community and to whoever's in need. And sometimes that person is the pastor. Sometimes it's the pastor that's giving to everyone else. But to be able to be part of community where everyone is taken care of, um, that's like a literal saving of a life. Thanks again, Kayla, for sharing your story with us and being a bright beacon of hope, not only to the LGBT community, but but the church writ large, in my opinion. Getting to know you has been a breath of fresh air and given me hope for my future as a queer woman in ministry. Thank you for your work, your love for all God's people, and your friendship. Join us next week, y'all, for Kayla and I's conversation about her queer Christian prison ministry You won't want to miss out on that one. It's really, really good. I got emotional several times just listening to her talk about it. It's so good. Also, a reminder, Kelsey and I will be doing a live podcast at Wild Goose Festival with the Reverend Jackie Lewis, another UCC pastor from New York. We are super excited about this amazing opportunity, and we'd love to see you all there. So if you're at Wild Goose, please come say hello. All right, folks, as always, be sure to stay in touch with us on all of our social media platforms and visit our Patreon page and consider supporting the Theosophia podcast. See y'all next week. Peace.